You know, I guess I think I've always been a professional critic, you know, or some sort of professional appreciator or something. This is serious business here, man. Putting on a great show is the most important thing you can do. One great rock show can change the world. While the music industry pays a lot of attention to awards and topping the charts, we think it's worth stepping outside the mainstream to unearth buried treasures. I'm Jim DeRogatis. And I'm Greg Cott. Stay tuned for some under-the-radar gems. And then, an album that's certainly not buried. But is it a treasure? We review the latest from Madonna. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. This is Sound Opinions, and later in the show, Greg, we're going to review the 13th studio album from Madonna. I never had the opportunity to interview her over the years. Did you? You know, I don't know if I'd call it an interview, Jim, but I remember one of my first assignments as a Chicago Tribune music critic in 1990 was to cover the opening of her tour in Houston that year. And she wanders over, and I'm sitting in a hotel lobby, and there's Madonna sitting next to me. And I go, this is Madonna sitting next to me. <laughs> now, at the time, nobody thought that career was going to last. There was still a lot of controversy about her. Everybody thought it was kind of a fly-by-night thing. Here we are 25 years later, and she's still out there. Well, we'll give our opinions on the new album later, but first we have some music news. Everybody get up. a side-by-side comparison of Robin Thicke, Pharrell Williams, and T.I.'s hit Blurred Lines and the 70s Marvin Gaye classic Got to Give It Up. It was the subject of a recent piece of litigation in California. A jury in Los Angeles has decided that Blurred Lines and its songwriters infringed on Gaye's Got to Give It Up and ordered them to pay Gaye's family $7.3 million dollars in damages. And now the lawyers for the gay estate are saying they're asking the judge to enter an injunction prohibiting the further sale and distribution of blurred lines unless and until we can reach an agreement over how future monies that are received will be shared. So this puts that uh, blurred lines song, which was such a huge hit a couple of years ago, in serious jeopardy as far as the charts are concerned. The lawyer for Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams and T.I. is saying that uh, copying of a genre or a groove or a feel is what this case was really about. And the lawyer for the gay estate is saying that it was a copy of a musical composition, melody and harmony and bass line and keyboard and other things, quote, unquote. You know, this opens up a Pandora's box, Jim as far as copyright is concerned, because we're talking about a lot of potential lawsuits that have been filed 
or will be filed in future years based on the outcome of this particular case. You know, there, there's that famous saying, uh, good songwriters borrow, great songwriters steal. Yeah. A lot of people feel that pop music is basically built on foundational elements, that they share a lot of common traits. Hit songs can be compared to other hit songs from previous eras and taking elements from those songs and recombining them, recontextualizing them pop in new ways. Pop will eat itself is yes. the truism. It, exactly. Now, what's interesting to me about this case as well is that the Thick team filed a preemptive lawsuit in 2013 saying that Blurred Lines is starkly defined and shares no similarities with the Marvin Gaye song. So essentially, they opened up this Pandora's box for this lawsuit. As the Marvin Gaye attorney said, I just want to let everybody know that we didn't start this fight. They sued us, taking a declaration of non-infringement. They started this war, and we just finished it. Rest assured, there will be an appeal. This thing is going to drag on. We haven't heard the end of it. But this is a fascinating case that is continuing to unfold and could hold major implications for copyright in the future. Okay, man, look, we're splitting. You know, if those cats can't, if you people, we're splitting, man, if those cats don't stop beating everybody up inside. I want them out of the way, man. I don't like you. Hey, you that guy's got a gun out there and he's shooting the Hey, people. Hey, people. Come on, let's be cool. People, please. There's no reason to hassle anybody. Please don't do that. There's some extraordinary audio of the Rolling Stones on stage at Altamont Speedway in 1969. The song breaks down. There's chaos in the crowd. Mick Jagger is asking people to be cool and to chill out or the Rolling Stones will leave the stage. What is happening in the film Gimme Shelter, released in 1970? You see a young man, Meredith Hunter, beaten to death by the Hells Angels. Greg, I think it's one of the most significant and lasting moments in rock history on film. The man who directed that movie, Albert Maisels, is dead at the age of 88. A really important figure in the film world. We're not film spotting, we're sound opinions. But for Gimme Shelter alone, he has a, a huge presence in rock and roll. There was an earlier movie in 1964 where he and his brother David followed the Beatles through three cities in that tour. I've never seen that movie happening, The Beatles in the USA. You and I are both curious now to dig it out. But Gimme Shelter was a fine display of what Martin Scorsese said were the Maisel's strength as filmmakers, as documentarians. They did not sit down and do interviews Mm -hmm. with their subjects. They just turned the cameras on and tried to live with these people and capture them in real life. Certainly with Gimme Shelter, they did. David Maisel's died in 1987. Albert continued to be busy as a filmmaker until close to the end of his life. As I said, he is now dead at the age of 88 Gimme Shelter, one of our favorites in rock history. Disturbing, but undeniably powerful. I think to pay tribute to Albert Maisel's Dead at the Age of 88, we should play that song by the Rolling Stones because I think we'll forever think of the movie. Here's the Stones' Gimme Shelter on Sound Opinions.
That is the Rolling Stones with Gimme Shelter. We're playing it in tribute to the great director Albert Mazels, dead at the age of 88. Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? Them's my treasure, and I'm a burying them where no one will know where they're at but me. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and Craig, a few times a year, we like to do a show here that we call Buried Treasures, where we dig deep for a release that's under the mainstream radar, maybe really deeply underground, and we want to share it with listeners. We think it's important. It's music we're excited about. I know I have this list going nonstop, all the time. I'm always collecting treasures. I know you do, too. You get to go first. Give us a buried treasure. Well, Jim, I want to start out with a two-for-one. I want to highlight two buried treasures. One, a zine, a fanzine that has been writing about music for 35 years, and it highlighted the particular band that I want to play. I'm talking about the big takeover, Jack Rabbit's great uh, New York City zine that recently celebrated that anniversary. Jack has been championing, in particular, bands that sort of have this uh, dream pop sound, if you will, shoegazy driving rhythm section. He played in a band like that himself uh, mm-hmm. at one time, Springhouse. And his magazine has always been great at sort of finding these types of bands and bringing them to the attention of his loyal readers. They're not necessarily big mainstream bands, but they're inevitably all great if you like that type of music. And the latest example is this band Soft Science out of Sacramento, California. As I said, I came to find out about their music through reading about Jack's 35th anniversary celebration, they played that particular event in New York City recently, and they played the song I'm going to play next. It's called Feel. It's from this band, Soft Science, from their second album, Detour. The band is led by singer Katie Halley and this twin brother combination, Matt and Ross Levine on guitar and keyboards. In fact, it was Ross who's the producer on this particular record. Here is Feel from Soft Science on Sound Opinions.
That is a band called Soft Science with a track called Feel, one of my buried treasures. Jim, what's first up for you? I'm going to go to a genre, I think, Greg, that may be the exact opposite of dream pop, this sort of garage R&B party, underground, sweaty club, <laughs> flesh tone sound. The flesh tone's great. 60s revival party band from New York, been active three decades. Chicago's got its own contender as flesh tones like champions, the Bama Llamas. This is a big band. There are horns in it. There are, there's a big rhythm section, couple of guitars. You know, they wear fezes on stage. Every gig is a big party, and they have put out a DIY album called Going Up, as in the elevator, Going Up, right? So this is a band that has a lot of fun with a certain sort of 60s, inflected soul R&B garage sound. Almost everything on this album is a dance. Okay, so they they do the hurt, they do the crab, they do something called the monkey bump. They're just (laughs) inventing their own dances and being silly and having fun. But the song I'm going to play from this album, which is just absolutely wonderful party disc, is called Sambuca. Okay, now so Sambuca is like anisette. It's that anise-flavored, licorice-flavored Italian liqueur. And I will contend, and this is this is making quite a claim here, I just love this tune. I think this is the best rock and roll tune about booze since the Champs' 1958 hit, Tequila. <laughs> I know you haven't heard this yet, so I'm going to lay this on you here. And you tell me this isn't, like, as great as tequila, right? Not... not Sambuca is not as great as tequila. I'd prefer a shot at tequila, but it, it's pretty darn great when the Bama Llamas rock it out. Here they are on Sound Opinions, the Bama Llamas with Sambuca.
Sambuca by the Bama Llamas on Sound Opinions, My First Buried Treasures. Coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, we'll play more of our musical buried treasures. And later, Madonna shows us her rebel heart. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and we are sharing with you some of the buried treasures we've collected over the last couple of months. Greg, you got another tune for us? Yes, Jim. I'm going to Cambodia for this one, or at least the origins of, of this particular sound. The band is called Dengue Fever. They're actually based in Los Angeles, but the whole band is based around this field trip that one of the future band members took in the 90s to Cambodia and uh, was struck by the ubiquity of 70s Cambodian rock. Mm. on the airwaves and in the houses that he would go visit. If you're interested in Nuggets-style garage rock combined with kind of a Bollywood strings orchestration feel, this is the sound for you, Cambodian rock of the 60s and 70s. And that's what Dengue Fever is referencing. They've got a vocalist who is a, a, a native of Cambodia. She sings in a Cambodian dialect, some in English. This band has been around for about a decade and a half. This is their sixth album. And what I love about it is this incredible variety, very melodic, very hooky songs, kind of an exotic feel, but not so abstract that uh, you know a listener who knows nothing about Cambodian music couldn't relate to it. You're hearing strands of garage rock psychedelia. There's some African percussion on here, American R&B, which is a very strong influence on the particular song I'm going to play. It's called Rome Sai Sok from Dengue Fever on Sound Opinions.
Rome Sai Sock from Dengue Fever on Sound Opinions, one of my buried treasures. Jim, what have you got next? Interesting stuff, Greg. Uh, you were talking about shoegaze before Dream Pop when you talked about soft science. I've got a band that's also been doing it for a decade. The Dodos out of Northern California are on their sixth album. It's called Individ. And I think this is sort of the, the really inspired kind of band that, that's been around. It's had this sound, and you can begin to take them for granted. Although I really can't think of many bands, two-member bands, that have done more with so little. It's just uh, guitar and drums. Merrick Long is the vocalist, and he does this wonderful semi-acoustic finger-picking sound. And Logan Kraber is a great drummer, very colorful, a lot of African-inspired polyrhythms. That is at the heart of their particular take on that sound that's called Shoegazer from, from Britain in the early 90s, you know, My Bloody Valentine and Swerve Driver and Ride. Wonderful, impressionistic lyrics, that great African percussion and as I said, these jangling guitars and these very sweet vocal melodies. In the past, they've collaborated with Nico Case, having her come on and do a guest appearance. On this album, Bridget Dawson of the OCs comes on and plays the same role. But really, it's just these two guys making this oceanic sweep of dreamy sound. I love it. Here's a song called Bubble, which really is fitting for the sound by the Dodos from their new album, Individ, on Sound Opinions. That is 
bubble from the Dodos, one of Jim DeRogatis' buried treasures. The Dodos were actually on our show in 2009, and uh, you can go back and listen to that show again if you want at soundopinions.org. My next buried treasure is uh, another veteran band, Lightning Bolt out of Providence, Rhode Island. I'm going to take a hard left here, Jim. Uh, We've been playing some stuff that's a little dreamier, a little more psychedelic. This stuff is going to hit you right between the eyes. I've loved this band almost since its inception in the 90s out at Providence, Rhode Island. It's, again, only two guys, Brian Chippendale on drums and a bassist, Brian Gibson. They have been making these really noisy, aggressive records for a really long time. I've loved them live, where the vibe I get from them is more on the jazz end of the uh, spectrum as opposed to the noise rock end of the spectrum. I don't think they particularly enjoy that terminology, noise rock. I really hear more of a jazz feel from them. And I'm thinking about these progressive jazzers like Peter Brutzman and uh, Sonny Chirac, Ronald Chan and Jackson, this kind of screaming aggression with these volatile crescendos building up over long periods of time during their shows. They would set up right in the middle of the crowd a lot of times, Mm. and the audience would be gathered around them. And uh, they blow people away with these kind of very intimate and yet at the same time very explosive performances. I think the new album, Fantasy Empire, is their best yet because you get some more clarity in the sound. The previous record sounded kind of mulchy and swirling, this big massive sound coming at you. But there's a greater clarity in the engineering on this record, and I think it really brings out the intensity of the way they play and a little bit of the songcraft that's underlying all that energy. Here's a track called The Metal East from Lightning Bolt on Sound Opinions. That was The Metal East by Lightning Bolt, one of Greg Cott's Buried Treasure picks. Greg, you're like one step ahead of me on this uh, Buried Treasure show. You mentioned Nuggets when you were talking about Dengue Fever. For people who don't know what that classic compilation album was, Lenny Kay, the guitarist in the Patti Smith band, which hadn't really taken off yet, put out a classic double album 
rounding up the mid-60s psychedelic rock, garage rock hits by a lot of one-hit wonder bands. Mm -hmm. Classic tunes, the Standells, Dirty Water, and stuff like that. Numero Group is a label from Chicago that is a small boutique label that's been doing, I think, the best work in the reissues field in two or three decades, since the the heyday of Rhino Records in the 80s or 90s. They recently put out a compilation called Cavern Sound. Again, in the 1960s, you had all these kids across America who saw A Hard Day's Night wanted to be the Beatles. Whether they were taking drugs, smoking marijuana, taking LSD, or just pretending that they were and trying to sound like Revolver and Sgt. Peppers, you had this onslaught of psychedelic music being released by small independent labels, including some in Independence, Missouri. Now, rather than rounding up a label on Cavern Sound, what Numero Group did is take music recorded between 1967 and 1973 at a very unique recording studio buried deep in Independence, Missouri's Pixley Limestone Mine. Mm -hmm. So what could be more grungy and underground and garagey than going underground, literally, to a recording studio located in a mine, all right? I don't know what was in the water in this town outside of St. Louis, but there is some wonderful, freaky, psychedelic garage stuff on this compilation. Not every song is a keeper, but but at least two-thirds of them are. You have sort of the Dylan meets the Seeds trip of a band called Burlington Express and a real rollicking tune from a band called Morningstar. But I'm going to play a tune by a band called American Sound Limited. Not a lot known about them. You know, they had their moment in the sun. Who knows what happens afterwards? They all go to work at Jiffy Lube, right? But they got to record one perfect single, and it's called Aunt Marie. And what I love about this song is they somehow make the 63-year-old heroine of this song, one of the guy's aunts, sound as cool as Nancy, these boots are made for walking (laughs) Sinatra and the same era. I just think that's a great trick. So Cavern Sound is well worth it for fans of that psychedelic garage rock sound. You'll find a lot of music you've never heard before, including tunes like this, Aunt Marie by American Sound Limited on Sound Opinions.
Aunt Marie by American Sound Limited from the Cavern Sound Numero Group Collection. If you want to share your own buried treasures on the air or comment on anything in the rock world, call 888-859-1800. You can also email us at interact at soundopinions.org or talk to us on Facebook and Twitter. We're going to be back with our final Undiscovered Gems and a review of the 13th release from Madonna. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and we're going through some of our buried treasures under the radar music that you need to hear. That's one of my picks that you're hearing now from a band called Wind Burial, a new record called We Used to Be Hunters. This is a band out of Seattle that actually was uh, called something different a few years ago. I was a fan of their earlier incarnation as Snowdrift, very different sound, much slower more atmospheric. Uh, some people call them a slowcore band, you know, maybe in the tradition of somebody like Galaxy 500 mm. or Low, early Low anyway. But they morphed in the last couple of years. They've got a new, more cinematic type of sound, more dramatic sounding. And this started to occur kind of in the live setting. They renamed themselves Wind Burial instead of Snowdrift, put out an EP, and then in short order got to work on an album. The album is called We Used to Be Hunters. It's just out now. And I've got a track that illustrates this new sound. If you were familiar at all with the earlier band, I think this represents a pretty major change in their outlook and the way they approach production. Much bigger sound, but at the same time retaining some of those nuances and subtleties that made the original band so great. This is Wind Barrel with a song called Sleeping Giant on Sound Opinions.
Sleeping Giant from the band Wind Burial, my last buried treasure for today. Jim, what is your final pick? Greg, I saved the best for last for me for this show. I am very excited about a record from a woman from Minneapolis named Gretchen Seacrest. Now, I've been seeing our, our friends in Minneapolis allowed this woman's music for quite some time. The Current has been a big supporter. The station airs us in Minneapolis. A lot of writers I know up there. She has put out an incredible six DIY albums under the name Patches and Gretchen, okay? But now she has an actual band called The Lonesome Kid, and she has put out a record called I Am Lonesome Kid. It's sort of a rebirth, a reboot, a new start for her. And this record is absolutely extraordinary. Think of Patti Smith at her most Bob Dylan, crossed with a less pretentious New York arty Karen O or Amanda Palmer with the pop smarts of an Amy Mann, who happens to be Gretchen's half-sister. That's a lot of different things happening at once. We're talking about art punk and blues and folk and a sort of scatting jazz and even some spoken word poetry, but it's really deep, powerful, moving stuff from a unique voice. Listen to this song, Funnels, by Gretchen Seacrest. The band is called The Lonesome Kid. The album's called I Am Lonesome Kid on Sound Opinions. Yeah, okay. Boom, boom, bam, bam. Are you okay, man? You land nickels, upside down pants. You land. That's a miracle. She's up and running. There's miracle. Ricochet of her and him. You're curling in a swallowing bed. Descend up the stairs. You can hear them speaking in undertones. You're underfed. Boom, boom, bam, bam, boom, boom. Bam, bam. Come here, mother. Let's change the set, change places. song Funnels by the Lonesome Kid of the band fronted by Gretchen Seacrest, my final buried treasure pick. You can see all of my picks and Greg's buried treasures at soundopinions.org.
You're listening to Sound Opinions, and that is the track Living for Love, the first song and the first single from the 13th studio album by Madonna, Rebel Heart. Greg, I don't know if there's a more famous woman in the world today than Madonna, but over the last 33 years since she began her journey to the top of the charts in 1982, she has become a force to be reckoned with in the pop world. You know, Holiday, Borderline, Lucky Star, Material Girl, Papa Don't Preach, Express Yourself, Vogue, Justify My Love. I mean, what else do you have to say, right? She has been a part of our soundtrack, the soundtrack of our lives, really, for a very long time. Where is she at? I don't think she's had a very good New century since 2000. Uh, you know, music, American life, confessions on a dance floor, hard candy, and MDNA. Those are the albums she's released so far in this new century. And she's been trying to play catch up in a lot of ways. Now comes this new album, Rebel Heart. She's turned to some really interesting producers, including Diplo, who plays a big role on, on this album, as well as Kanye West, who makes an appearance too. She has once again had a problem with the internet. A lot of these tracks leaked as demos, which forced her to move up the release date of this album. She is adamantly against file sharing and has has put out some nasty messages in the past to fans who would share her music that way. But the music is out there now. The giant tour is beginning to ramp up. We are going to play a song from the album and come back and give our opinions. This is a tune called Joan of Arc from Rebel Heart by Madonna on Sound Opinions. Joan of Arc from Madonna. The new album is called Rebel Heart. That's actually one of the tracks on this record. There's a whole lot to choose from, 19 tracks in all. Uh, 25 that, on the deluxe there edition. There you go. That is, that is one of the tracks I like because it uh, it's showing a, a side of Madonna that I don't think is much talked about. You know, it, when, when the pop culture historians talk about Madonna, they always talk about dance pop diva, right? 
But Jim, you think about it, for me anyway, the best album she's made in the last 20 years was Ray of Light in 1998. I'd agree. One of her most, maybe her most introspective record. That was not a record about dance club hits. That was a record about Madonna kind of writing in a more atmospheric ballad type of style and, and pulling it off quite well. And I think tracks on this record that work the best are in that mode. They carry some element of surprise. Joan of Arc, for example, talks about, you know, this self-confidence that she projects is really just a shield or, or a mask. She's got some deeper insecurities that she's owning up to. On the title track, she's talking about being a narcissist. Well, a lot of people are agreeing with that, but I've never heard Madonna say that about herself. So there's some honesty going on here, and, and I think these ballads that she's uh, performing on the record really work. There's also some weird stuff, some more experimental type of tracks in the vein of that industrial folk ballad. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, Body Shop. I think where she falls down is the dance pop Madonna. I mean, I don't need to hear a song called S-E-X from Madonna in 2015. Hasn't that been done about a hundred times by her? Yeah. yeah, it seems like she's rewriting herself. Holy Water? Come on. I mean, this whole religion, eroticism, you know, conflation, she's been doing that over and over again. It is really starting to get old. I think Holy Water may be the single worst Madonna track ever. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a candidate. I just don't think her dance pop stuff is very good. I think that what really drags this record down. I'm going to give it a try it rating. I think you're being way kind to Madonna. Let's take this ballad stuff you're so happy about, okay? You know, Greg, she literally sings, You could thread a needle with the teardrop in my eye <laughs> on Wash All Over Me, one of the ballads. Right? I can't listen to that ever again. It's painful. It's so bad. And I think this confessional about, am I too old? Do I fit into the pop world anymore? She asked that question numerous times. It's a faux kind of confessional. It's the same thing you 2 did on its last album when Bono is going on about being a 13, 14-year-old boy and discovering the Sex Pistols and the Clash and the Ramones, right? It's fake. It's phony. She's playing a character badly because she's not a very good actress. Now, even if we can debate the merits of those quieter ballad songs, the dance pop is not only unremarkable, uninspired, offensive, and not in the way she intends. She obviously intends a song like Holy Water to be offensive. You know, and, and there's two songs with the B word, yeah. which I won't even dignify to say, in the title and nonstop repeated throughout the chorus. They're, they're not smart. They're not funny. They're, they're not empowering. They're demeaning to women. They're cliched. We've heard all this before. She signed, like you two, several years ago, one of these 360 deals with Live Nation. Madonna is now a corporation. The corporation can't imagine coming to an end because big business perpetuates itself nonstop. So Madonna Incorporated, she's 56 years old. She has nothing to say. She's had nothing to say since Ray of Light in 1998. This is product. It's just product and the product keeps coming. It's a trash it for me. What do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we have an in-depth look at one of the great record labels of all time, Electra Records, on its 65th anniversary. As always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Sound Opinions is produced by Robin Lynn, Jason Saldana, Evan Chung, and our intern, Alex Claiborne. There's only so much you can learn in one place. 
Ring on my phone. Ring on my phone. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So give us a call on our hotline, 888-859-1800. New messages. Hey, Tim and Greg. This is Monrovia in Austin. Just finished listening to the latest Rock Doctors episode with Sandy. And I wanted to call and say that I thought Sandy was my favorite patient who you've helped in recent memory. She seemed to really listen to the music really closely and enjoy talking about it. Instrumentally, the band had a, has a certain amount of variety, at least I thought they did. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel that they use the instrumentation in the way they're producing their records? You know, sometimes music is just a background for lyrics. This was very much a part of what was going on. You know, they would isolate drums. I felt that, like there were lots of layers. Like, they, they made a point of being musician. I'm glad you got somebody who really appreciated your choices, and I also love that metric album, so thanks a lot. Hope Sandy's feeling better, and keep up the good work. Bye-bye. Good afternoon. This is Nashant Desai. I was just listening to your Sound Opinion show. A prescription was requested for someone who was just going through a heartbreak. I would prescribe some Howling Wolf and some blues from the 60s to soothe the soul. I'm going out on the highway. Take the highway to be my friend. I'm going out on the highway. Greg, this is Vance from Brooklyn. I have an album to recommend for someone going through a breakup. This album really helped me years ago. It is Bows and Arrows by The Walkman. With the opening vibrato organ and What's In It For Me that leads directly into the thrashing guitars of the rat, that juxtaposition and the entire album capture the emotional roller coaster of a breakup. The climax of the album is my favorite part. Hamilton repeats the lyrics and thinking of a dream I had with Don't Lead Me On over and over. Every time I heard the album, I was moving on with my own life a little more. Thanks for doing a great podcast every week, and keep up the good work. Jim and Greg, this is Ben from Los Angeles calling in. I 
just finished uh, listening to the Rock Doctors episode. I was delighted. The first 20 minutes of the episode was all music news. And I just want to put it out there that I would love to hear a spinoff show of Sound Opinions. Jim and Greg, music news, or something of that sort. To me, that's just my favorite part of the show. Keep up the good work, guys, and stay uh, tuned. No more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.